Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Time now for our feature interview. Ruahei DeMont, our Black Ferns captain, joins us on the line. Ruahei, great to have you part of our first Black Ferns show today. Uh, tell us, what does your day look like now that you're a professional athlete? Kia ora, Kirsty. Um, thanks so much for having me on the show. Um, yeah, now that I'm a professional athlete, um, the days look very different to... Um, when I was working full time, that's yeah. for sure. Um, there's no more 5:30 a.m. gym sessions. Um, most days, um, the girls and I go into training around any time between seven or nine. Um, we'll have either um, a strength session. Um, some days it's uh, speed. Sometimes we're focusing on power. Um, we do skill sessions, and those are all very specific to our positions. Um, we do a lot of conditioning and offset conditioning. Um, we have educational sessions as well throughout the week. So um, for a sports player that can look anything like um, mental skills, um, helping us with our on-field and off-field um, tactics and skills to help us deal with pressure or, you know, kind of resets or anything that can happen in a game. Um, and, of course, there's on-field rugby trainings in there as well and um, the game day <laughs> and recovery. It's full on, isn't it? It's full on. Um, when you mentioned game day, obviously you've just finished uh, the Pacific Four Series and you went through that unbeaten as well, three from three, um, which was an amazing accomplishment. And to also have rugby back in New Zealand was fantastic as well. What did you learn about the team uh, over those last three weeks, being in camp together and having some game time? Yeah, um, it was so nice to be able to play at home. Mm. Um, I think the last time we had the opportunity to to play international tests at home was before the pandemic. Um, and that made a massive difference to how the girls got up each game um, and our our desire to play and play well in front of our family. Um, it, it was it was so awesome to have that home support. Um, the not only the not just the three weeks, but I guess just since the start of the year as we've built towards you know the Rugby World Cup that's mm. kicking off in October, um, we've spent a lot of time creating and building trust off the field um, and, you know, creating those off-field connections. And I think that translated to our on-field performance. Um, I love the courage that the girls showed um, each training that we turned up to in each game. It seemed to be that every time we played a game, it was pouring down with rain. (laughs) But that didn't stop um, the girls' willingness to try and play an up-tempo style of rugby. Um, and I know that that's something that we will continue to enhance um, and do as we build towards the World Cup. You talk about the style, um, and yes, you're right, the weather wasn't ideal, but we still saw how you wanted to play. How has the style changed um, playing under Wayne Smith, and does that suit your game? Does that suit Kiwis more, do you think? 
Yeah. Um, to be honest, I don't know if it's actually changed that much. Um, I think it's been refreshing having a new voice there for the girls. Yeah. Um, the the initial style is obviously really fast, and um, you know he likes to play on top of his opposition and keep the ball alive. And I think that that was something that we tried to do with um, our previous coach, but I don't think that um, we were all quite there. Um, personally, I think that since the girls, you know, the majority of the team has now become professional um, yeah. and we've been able to get ourselves into better physical shape and um, better execute our skill set, um, it's made a massive difference to our ability to actually execute the game plan. Yeah, and it is so fantastic that you are now professional athletes as well. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the debutants over the series. You're obviously skipper um, and one of the wiser heads in the team, but you had quite a number of debutants. Is every game like a trial match because you don't have that many uh, games before the World Cup and there's so much competition, right? Like the depth in women's rugby in New Zealand right now is incredible. Yeah, there's so much depth, um, not only in the squad that was playing, but just in yeah. general across like all the Fire Palmer teams as well. Um, and it's crazy to see how talented all these young players are, you know, coming straight out of school. We even had um, young Kelsey Tennessee come across from the Sevens environment. Yeah. Um, it, it creates a massive load of competition between positions, but um, it brings out the best in the girls. Um, and we all know that, you know, everyone's gunning for those spots. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a headache for our coaches, <laughs> but it's so fun as a player. Yeah. It's, it's a good headache as well. I'm sure that they would rather have this competition, right? Um, I wanted to park the rugby yeah. for a little bit and actually talk about your journey because, um, we always hear like how you when you get to the top, but we don't often hear about the journey to get there. And you've had an interesting journey. Um, you obviously grew up in the Bay of Plenty um, with five siblings. You grew up speaking to the Māori as well, so that's a big part of you. But can you just talk to us um, about growing up and about your journey into this black jersey? Yeah, um, like you like you said, I'm from a really small community in the Eastern Bay of Plenty. Um, and our first game when we played in Tauranga was my first time I've ever been able to play in front of like my extended whanau. Wow. So that was really special for me. Um, and that's the closest I've ever played in the black jersey to where, where I come from. Um, uh, like you said, I, I grew up, my, my whanau and I grew up um, going to the Papa. So um, we spoke Māori um, and my first experience playing rugby was on the marae as a kid uh, with all my cousins. Um, and um, when I was about 12, my, my whanau and I, we moved up to the Walkworth area um, for my dad's work. And it wasn't until we moved up there that I started playing girls rugby um, when I was about 12 or 13. Um, and unfortunately at that time, rugby wasn't uh, like wildly popular. Um, and as I started to get towards the end of high school, that was when the Sevens was announced as um, an Olympic sport mm. and they started driving the Go for Gold campaign and so they started to be like a massive rise of popularity of, of Sevens and the girls um, were introduced as um, part of the Condor Sevens. Um, but um, in North Harbour, there still wasn't a like a like a 15s competition. There just wasn't enough interest. So 
my sister and I started playing rugby um, for College Rifles, which is a rugby club down here in Auckland. And um, I remember walking to training or going to training and my first time walking into the rugby club, there was all the club's international players along the front of the bar yeah. and like 85% of players were all black friends. And that was my first time seeing anything like that. And we were going to training with players like, um, you know, Jensen. Anna Richards was our coach. Um, we had, oh, see, I could name, I could name like a whole black friends team, the, yeah. the amount of black friends that were at um, our club trainings. And my sister and I, you know, we saw how they trained and the sacrifices that they made and we wanted to be like them. So um, that's kind of where we both started you know, that, that fire, I guess, that passion to, to want to be in the black jersey started. Um, Kitty, my younger sister, she debuted for the Black Friends in 2015 over in Canada, um, which was massive for Alfano. Mm. That was so cool. Um, at the time, uh, I was rehabbing with a knee injury. Um, uh, so my journey to the black jersey took a bit longer than most. I had three ACL reconstructions um, before I got to my trial and had the opportunity to debut in 2018. Um, and I'm really grateful and thankful for my club because it didn't matter whether or not I could or couldn't play. Yeah. Um, the girls, the team were always there to, you know, to, to help me. Um, and I was always there to help my teammates as well reach their potential. Um, so I have a massive place in my heart for grassroots rugby and at my club, college rifles. Um, yeah, that's kind of my guess journey towards the to the black jersey. That's an amazing journey. We're speaking to Rohe Dumont, the captain of our Black Ferns. Um, so many things that I want to talk to you after that about uh, firstly playing rugby at the Marae. Was it rugby? Was it bull rush? What, what were your memories? Yeah, it was both. <laughs> um, you know, there's no rules. It's either you um, you go hard or you cry to someone, and no one really cares too much about about us outside. Um, oh, I guess it's just like anyone who's grown up in the middle of nowhere. You know, yeah. when back in the days when you're running around outside barefoot. Yeah. Um, if anyone had a ball, it didn't really matter what ball it was, what shape it was. Yeah. The only game we were playing was rugby. Um, yeah, pretty much it. And it's fun, right? Like it is. It is so much fun. Um, the three yeah. ACL knee reconstructions. Like going through one is tough enough. Um, coming back from the rehab, but doing that twice over or three times over, I should say. Um, how difficult was that? Not only physically, um, but we obviously talk a lot about um, mental health now as well. So how was that for your total well-being? Yeah, um, it was the first time I did my knee and I had the surgery. Um, I was so young, I didn't really realise that you could have an injury that was so bad that you had to get surgery to fix it up. Yeah. So I guess I was so naive and the whole process was like a bit of a, an eye-opening experience. Um, the second time, I guess, because it was the same injury, it wasn't too bad, but the third time, that was really tough. 
um, mentally because of the physical challenges that came with, you know, redoing my ACL game. Um, It was really, really character building. And I, I learned a lot about, you know, my identity outside of rugby. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't all bad. Like, uh, I had time then to focus on my studies, um, to grow passions outside of sport, because sports isn't going to be here forever. And um, that very real realisation that, you know, you're only one injury away, mm. one game away from, you know, um, potentially ever being able to play a game. I, I know what that feels like. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Like it was, it was, it was really challenging. It was really challenging, but I, I had really, really uh, supportive, yeah. loyal friends um, and family who, you know, despite my ups and my downs, they were there for me yeah. at the end of the day. Um, and I also had a great physio as well who helped me and guided me through my um, my rehab. And yeah, having a great physio makes a massive difference. Yeah. And as you say, having a great support system as well. Um, you mentioned study. I just wanted to mention it. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, you are also a lawyer. Does that help you when you're on the playing field, especially being skipper, trying to talk to the referee and get your point across? I think anyone who's been a captain or, you know, tried to talk to a referee <laughs> will know that it doesn't matter what your background is. It's pretty hard to try and um, change their mind. Um, I, th- I I think that, like, if if one of my friends, like Kendra Cox says, yeah. was the captain, you know, because she's right there, right by the ref all the time, she'd probably give the the ref a headache so I think they're probably happy that I'm the captain but I'm a bit further away so there's not that constant chat. <laughs> It's so inspiring, though. It's so inspiring hearing your story and having you as our Blackfern skipper. And we so appreciate that you've given up your time to come and talk to us on the Blackfern show today. Uh, We're not done yet. When we come back, we are going to go through your Desert Island disc, your top three songs, um, and work out the reasons and the stories behind them. Yes, this is the Black Ferns show. We're talking to the captain of the Black Ferns, Ruahe de Mont, in uh, what is a massive year for women's rugby in this country. We want to take you along on this journey with them, so do get behind and support our incredible ladies. Uh, we're picking, well, Ruahe's picking her three favourite songs, and she's going to describe to us why they're her favourites, what memories are associated with these songs. Uh, the first one, you've just heard it, and I hope I'm saying this right, Tez Caddy, Sev, um, is who it's by. Never heard this song, Ruahei, but I love it. Why is it special to you? To be honest, Kirsty, I don't even know if you said the name right either. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love the song. It's it's um, our pregame song nice. for um, our college rifle team, our, our premier women's team. We have like a, a little chant um, that gets pretty hype that we play before every single game um, when we're putting on our jerseys and go back into the changing room after the warm-up. So um, I love listening to the song every game day um, before I go out and warm-up and um, play. I love it. I love the song. I love the meaning behind it as well. Um, and I love your next song. I, I saw her recently at Coachella, Shania Twain, um, one of the most incredible artists, your next song, Forever and Always. Yeah. This, this is another song that we play once in our um, changing rooms. Um, 
down at College Rifles, but um, also it's usually one of the songs that plays in our Auckland Storm changing rooms as well. Nice. Um, it always brings back really heavy memories of me and my teammates, you know, dressing up, getting ready to, to go out and play. Um, and it's usually a favourite in the changing rooms after the game as well. So, um, yeah, that's why I love this song. Are you a singer? Do you sing along? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What What are the songs? Yeah. What are your go-tos when you're singing? Um, this song, this is like one of the top songs, yeah. and it's usually on repeat. Yeah. Um, uh, when we were away for our pack four tournament, um, the girls kept playing Man, I Feel Like a Woman all yeah. the time. It's such a banger, <laughs> yeah, though. It's a classic. <laughs> never oh, yeah, never gets old. Um, your third Never. song, your third song today, Rohe, is Hayley Reinhardt, Can't Help Falling in Love. We'll have a wee listen. Wise men say only fools rest. How does that yeah. one make you feel when that's played? Um, that's, that song makes me sad and happy because, um, that was um, that was our dog's favourite song, Aww. and she passed away last year. But she um, she came to all of our rugby trainings and all of our games. And every time we played that song, it didn't matter what um, what she was doing, if she was being naughty or anything, she'd usually chill out and it would calm her down. <laughs> what was so her name? She's gone. It makes me sad and miss her. Aww. Her name was Darling. She was our mascot. Oh, Darling! And what kind of dog was she? Our darling was a black lab cross collie. Oh, and I, I imagine that all the girls would have adopted her as their own as well. Yeah, it was a was a pretty sad night when she turned up for her last game last year. Um, yeah, everyone loved her. She was everyone's darling. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Like, music has such an important part to play, right? In life and sport, like, it evokes memories, it evokes emotion out of us. So thank you for sharing uh, your top three songs with us. And thank you so much for coming on the Blackfern Show um, and talking about your side. Uh, we're so lucky to have you joining this program and we cannot wait for what's to come uh, over the next six months. It's so awesome. Thank you, Kirsty. It's been a pleasure talking to you tonight. Thank you so much, Rohei, and we'll talk soon. Rohei DeMont there, captain of the Black Ferns, um, incredible leader. Uh, she is such an inspiration, and we've been lucky to have her on the programme.